So today's question was about really how to decide what trading strategy to go with or, or where to move forward after you've gone through the course material. And I'll read you the question from the trader. He says, hey, Akil, I've just finished watching the mastery course and on to the next step to learn one strategy by heart. So the trader has got through the mastery course, which is where we teach different type of strategies. That's the main course where um, all the different strategies are taught from advanced pattern formations, the CTS to the daily chore to the trend continuation trades and and whatnot. So the trader has gone through that. He, he's checked everything out. And now the question is what to do next. He says, I feel a bit confused for where to start. Should I start with advanced patterns or is it better to start with a simple one like the daily chore strategy? And how should I approach this step? Should I prepare a backtesting spreadsheet and backtest a strategy or should I leave the backtesting part um, for later? Um, uh, should I leave the backtesting part for later courses and instead just spot patterns on the chart and train my eyes? So essentially the, the, the trader is asking, should I start backtesting right away or should I practice? And let's take it back to the beginning with what strategy to trade, because this is going to be a, a dilemma that many of you guys are going to go through. And it first starts off with this, right? You have, you have two options, right? Um, you can either trade a, I guess, three options. You can trade a strategy that we teach you here in the courses, right? There's, there's plenty of them. Um, trade it as is. You make no changes. Just do exactly what we tell you to do. Or... You can take a strategy that we teach you um, and look to make it your own. So maybe make some adjustments, whether it's stop placement, target placement, entries, whatnot. Um, so kind of use the, the skeleton of the strategy that we teach and then use that knowledge to kind of make it something that fits you personally. Um, that's usually more of an advanced move, but nothing wrong with doing that at all. Or an even more advanced move, I guess, would be, would, would be you can take the tools or the skills that we've taught you and create your own strategy. And creating your own strategy doesn't mean you're necessarily making something up from scratch 100% because there's really none of that happening. But very similar to what I've been showing you guys in uh, the building a, a Forex strategy diaries where you're kind of taking the skills that you know, you know about fibs, you know about this, you know about that, and you're using those skills to develop your own rules-based system. Either one of those options is fine. I don't want to say one is better than the other because it's it's going to be better or worse for different people. So, I, and same thing goes for uh, if you're looking at individual strategies. You know, advanced patterns aren't quote unquote better than the daily chore. The daily chore isn't quote unquote better than the graystone trend continuation. They're just different. Um, now. Two things you want to take into account when making this decision. And the first thing I always start with is, you know, we always we don't want to work our life around trading. We want to work trading around our life. Now, you know, some of you guys are in a position where you're either retired or you're an entrepreneur and, and trading is something secondary, secondary that you've decided to do because you have all of this free time. Um, but for many people, you're currently working a full time gig. Um, so, and obviously you don't want to just quit your full-time gig. So you need to work your trading around your lifestyle. So something I always do is I, I take out a calendar. I don't have it in front of you right now, but imagine taking out a calendar and I, I, I look at all the hours in the day. You can do it per week as well, right? I, I take out a block and go from like, Hey, five to six, six to seven, seven to eight, eight to nine, nine to 10, right? So on and so on and so on, right? I have a calendar, a little organizer and I do this. 
And then what I first do is I fill out the times that I know I could not possibly be trading. So I know that, hey, I have a hour commute to work from eight to nine. So boom, can't trade during that. Um, I have a job that is active, right? So let's say I'm a factory worker. I'm not in a, a cubicle, so I can't, uh, you know, I can't sneak away and look at a computer. I know there's a lot of truck drivers out there that we worked with, right? So let's say that you know you're actively working from this time to this time. But then let's say you know you have a break here, but then you're back to actively working, and then you have the rest of the night to kind of do your trading. Again, this schedule is going to be different for each and every person, but I would advise you do something like this. What this is going to allow you to see is when you can actively trade, right? So if you have this morning block kind of um, used up already, you probably don't want to be a day trader, right? That's probably not going to be a good idea. You try to day trade the markets, you need to be actively looking at the charts the entire time, right? If you're doing something else, you can't actively look at the charts. So that takes day trading out of it. What it does open up is maybe you could be a swing trader, right? You have a little bit of a block in the morning that you can do your top-down analysis. You have um, a little time period during the middle of the day, either a break or, or something of that sort, where you can recheck your charts. Um, and then you have time at night where you can do nightly analysis, right? And maybe you have breaks in between. Again, the schedule is different for everyone. So maybe if your schedule looks something like this, it's better that you take some of a, you know, maybe more of a swing trading approach where you can do your top-down analysis here. You can set up your trades for the day. Right. And you can come back to your chart every four hours, let's say, and, and take a peek and look what the candle is doing. Right. Maybe you don't have that break in the middle. So maybe an hour time frame is not going to work for you because you, you can't commit and you can't commit to looking at a chart every hour. So that automatically eliminates any type of trading underneath an hourly chart. So you know that you're sticking to a four hour or a daily. And of course, you're someone that has this entire block filled up. You have no time to check during the day. Maybe you want to implement a daily strategy, something where you um, you literally check it once a day, right? You can you can look at the market um, after the close at night, get your signal, or, or check it in the morning, look at the the open in the morning, get your signal, um, place your orders, and then you don't have to manage it for the rest of the day. So first things first is you want to adapt. You want to know when you can actually trade because connection lost. The type of strategy, and there goes my internet again, the type of strategy that you do um, is going to be based off of that, right? And that also has to do with not just kind of the type of strategy as far as like the time frames in which you can trade, but the, the kind as well, right? Um, let's take the, the, the example of, let's say, a CTS trader, right? If you are a CTS trader and you know that your entry reasons could be anything from a higher high, higher close to a double bottom, double top, 2618, you know that in order to execute your trades, at some point you're going to have to be actively looking at the charts, right? You're going to active. You have to actively look at a chart for a higher high, higher close, the entry technique, whatever it may be. Um, so if you don't have time to actually do that during the day, probably not realistic. On the other hand, something like advanced pattern formations, right? Well, most of you guys use limit orders, right? So once you identify the potential D leg, you put a limit order there on the D leg and you simply just wait for price action to hit it. Now there is that managing of the market um, uh, of your trades while the trade is in progress, right? Um, you know, um, rolling, not rolling stops, but uh, adjusting targets. So that's a little bit of management management in there, but um, the execution part is straight and simple. So something like that would allow you to really check your charts once a day in the beginning of the day, put your limit order down and just kind of wait, you know, put an alert on your phone or something like that and wait to see if it's hit. 
Um, so you want to take that into account as well. Um, so aside from finding a trading style that kind of fits around your lifestyle, something that you can act actually do, um, the next step you want to take or the next thing you want to consider when picking a strategy is also what am I comfortable with, right? Part of the, the journey that we take you on throughout all of the courses and, and, and hopefully all the support that we give you is really finding out what type of trader you are. What is your personality, right? We all, we all have different personalities as, as people and that's gonna be reflected in the market as well. And what I mean by that is, are you someone that believes in the trend, right? Typically that's the safer way to go about it in a way, there's, there's pros and cons to everything, but are you a believer in the trend? Right? Are you a trend is my friend type of person? Akil, I believe in, in, in going with the, the, the flow of the water and I don't want to fight it. So I only want to look for trend continuation opportunities. Right. Um, if that's something that you feel strongly about, then you want to you want to lean towards a trend trading type of strategy. If you're the opposite, if you're saying that, hey, uh, I'm, I'm a counter trend person, I understand that true trend following. I know we teach it different ways here. We kind of put a counter trend approach to our trend trading, but traditionally trend following, you're you're buying the dips and you're looking to shoot for the extension. So you're you're in trades for a long period of time. Um, and usually the win percentage is going to be a little bit lower um, than other forms of trading. Right. So you have to be okay with that. Many people flock to counter trend trading um, because it's the opposite. They're in and out of trades quickly, right? They're in, they're out at the first sign of danger, boom win percentage could be a little bit higher, but there's always that danger of, hey, you're basically going against the flow, right? The market is bullish and you're looking to get bearish. You're looking to kind of pick those reversal points and, and that can be um, that can be tough for many to do. So hopefully by this point in the course, after you've gone through the mastery, you start to have some type of idea of whether you lean one way or another, or maybe you're right in the middle and you just don't care. And that's that's fine as well. I'm a counter trend trader, any trend continuation trader. Although I did start with one uh, because counter trend was much more, um, much more comfortable for me. Another thing is what concepts make sense to you, right? What concepts were easy to understand? They clicked right away. What concepts were difficult, right? Again, use, using the uh, using the example that the trader gave, let's let's say advanced pattern formations, right? Let's say you're not quite comfortable with all these ebbs and flows and Gartleys and, and or maybe you just don't believe in them. Maybe you're like, ah, you know, I get it, Akil, but I don't really understand why it happens. It, it, it doesn't really make sense to me. That's probably not a comfortable fit. And you never want to do something that you're not comfortable in, because if you don't trust it 100 percent, um, there's going to be those little cracks in the armor and, and the armor referring to your trading psychology. And, and, you know, you get a trade in the market. It's a Gartley. It's, a, it's got a max stop loss. You take it, it loses. And now you're like, well, why did I take it in the first place? Like, I don't really understand this thing. Why did it lose? And you have these lingering questions and these lingering questions kind of chip away at your, your, your armor. And before you know it, once you hit your drawdown, right, which is a, a normal thing for every trader to go through. But once you hit that drawdown, instead of being able to fight through it, and use that trust and belief, now you're kind of fighting yourself. And it's more so like, oh, I'm going to skip this trade or I'm going to take targets earlier, move stops back. And, and that's just devastating to any trader. So you want to make sure you're comfortable with what you're doing. Um, sorry about that. I got a message real quick. Um, on the other hand, let's say that, you know, 
you like kind of the the daily chore, right? You like daily chore, the strategy, it, it, it makes sense. It, it kind of clicks with you. You're like, okay, I get it. I get why I'm doing it. I get why I'm entering here. I get why I'm exiting there, right? Maybe that's a more comfortable fit. Um, and maybe that's also easier for you to identify. That's something as well I didn't mention, right? Um, some things are going to be easy, easier for traders to identify. Some traders are great at identifying double tops and double bottoms, right? They can see these things like, you know, you can pick them out of, uh, out of, out of anything, right? And some traders like, man, Akil, I can't see this to save my life. And sometimes that is just uh, a training, right? You, I believe you will get better. Once you train to see something, eventually you will get better. But if you can see something pretty good right away, that's probably a better sign that it makes more sense to you, that your eyes are locked in on seeing it. Um, you'll get better more quickly um, when doing something like that. So if there's something that stood out for you that that's really easy for you to identify, um, that's probably a good sign that you know you're gonna be able to recognize it pretty frequently in the market um, instead of fighting yourself. That's something you want to take into account as well. Now. On to the last part. Um, I think backtesting is the very last process. I, I don't think anyone should be in a rush to backtest. Naomi did a, a great podcast about a month ago, the end of December, where she talked about how her eyes have changed, meaning that, and she's been working on a strategy for a while now and, and, and you know, backtesting it and tweaking it and going back. And she's noticed that as she's gone back to backtest, um, you know, secondary times, She's beginning to see different things. She's seeing different setups that didn't exist before. And that's a normal thing, right? Again, practice makes perfect. Perfect practice makes perfect. So the more we practice something, um, the more we train our RAS, the more we can recognize it and point it out. So if you haven't really trained yourself to see, let's say, your entry reason for the daily chore, um, if you jump right into backtesting without practicing it, because backtesting essentially is your practice, you're going to see some. Um, but you're going to miss a few because your eyes just aren't trained. Um, and then what may happen is, you know, by the time you get to your 10th pair and you've gone through thousands of trades, maybe now you're really, really sharp. And you start to think to yourself, well, I, mean, I, I feel a lot sharper and more confident now. But that first pair I tested, man, I, I wonder if I actually saw what I saw. And then you go back and you retest it and you realize that you missed a, a few things. And then you start questioning the rest of your backtesting results. And before you know it, you're doing your entire backtesting over again. So I would do this. I would I would recommend training yourself first, right? I showed you guys videos of, and we talk about this all the time, the the pre back testing um, kind of thing that I go through, where you know you don't have to take stats, or you can take you can take simple ones, win loss, blah blah blah, just like that. But I would take some time to go through a, a set amount of pairs um, and just looking for looking for opportunities. Again, you're basically doing the back testing without the the data collection part. And what that's going to do is, again, it's, it's going to help build your RAS, your reticular activating system, to, to kind of see these things so that they pop out amongst the rest of the noise that's in the market. Um, but it's also going to allow you to make key observations. Again, if you guys learned anything from the, the building a Forex strategy um, kind of mini series, is that observations are key, right? As you're spending time testing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of trades, you're probably picking up on some little clues. Oh, uh, when this happens before that signal, the market tends to do this. And you write it down, it's just a little note at first, then you see it over and over again, and you start developing correlations, right? If then, if then, if then. And you may have something that has a positive effect on your strategy by either adding a filter or maybe taking away something, or even you know, seeing how much the maximum favorable excursion or maximum reverse excursion is something like that. The point is you want to practice and train yourself before back testing. Think about back testing like a, a 
a preseason match, right? Uh, you know, we have something called, we have preseason games in all of our sports here in the U.S. I believe um, they do it in soccer, too, with, with different friendlies before and little tournaments before the, the, the season starts. But, you know, do, do players just kind of jump right into a preseason match untrained? Well, no, right? They they still practice first, right? They practice first. They they get fit. They get sharp. Then they go to the preseason match to kind of figure things out, figure out that chemistry with their with their new teammate, figure out that new role that they're playing, right? They they do the preseason to figure that out. But they've still done the groundwork. They still worked on their individual skill and have gotten to a certain level of fitness um, preparing. And then after the preseason, right? Imagine that being the, the kind of the pre back testing. Then the real season starts, which is kind of the the, the big show. Um, so you want to take an approach like that, in my opinion. So good, good, uh, good question. Um, wish I could have done this live cause I love hearing your guys' stories and, uh, the input you give since, you know, so many of you guys have come from so many different places in trading. You have so many stories just as I do. And I think it's always great to hear different perspectives on it. Um, but hopefully this helps. We're making the best out of, uh, what's been a bad day so far with the internet out. Um, and hopefully I can get this, get this to you guys ASAP. And I'll see you guys tomorrow in the live room. Take care.